the Pawsock Stadium was going to be $22 million of public money, right? $22 million was what it was going to cost taxpayers. That was vetted. They made them go around. They made them, uh, the Pawsock's owners had to do all kinds of public hearings all around the state and answer all different kinds of questions. It was, um, you know, discussed and looked at in transparency. What is broken about Rhode Island, which we had a guest on that just talked about the other week. Now, stay with me, and I'm going to play the sound of Alorza going after Governor McKee. But is this business that um, the way this operates now is the head of the union, they sign off on it. All the teachers, now there's, I think there's 2,000 teachers in Providence. They're going to use Roads on the Patuxent this Friday night. And then they're going to sign off on the on the contract. And the only thing about that is then it's presented to the public. Then it's presented to the public. So just the math alone that each teacher, 2,000 teachers, each one is getting a $3,000 signing bonus. They are getting 4% raises. Test scores are terrible. It's all been distance learning. Heading back to distance learning, <clears throat> in this particular instance, Alorza is not wrong on, hey, you gotta go. What he was saying to McKee was, you gotta face, you gotta face people on this. And Governor McKee, who was protected by the state troopers, I'm gonna play, by the way, the video story on it. I have some other great stories coming. Black Lives Matter is ready to, they're gonna burn down Bailey's Beach Club. <clears throat> in, you know, uh, that's like a, a, uh, it's a phrase, right? They're gonna, but they're going after Sheldon Whitehouse big time. They're not backing down. But read about and see the video, Alorza McKee, on the website, dipedro.com. And dipedro.com, the award-winning, is brought to you by the Saturdale Comfort Food Cocktails. Stop in and see them. And don't worry about a mask there. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Look for them on Facebook. It's the Centerdale. And also online, thecenterdale.com, right in Centerdale, <clears throat> North Providence. So they're supposed to just have this, and Alorza, who's hot, and had a briefing, and he's trying to get details out, and he can feel, you know, he's feeling the pressure with the police department. He's feeling the pressure that they have a deal with the new contract with the teachers, and they took that away from him. And then finally, it just boiled over. And he wanted a piece of McKee. And if it weren't for the state police detail that the governor has, Alorza was ready to mix it up and throw down with Governor McKee. Now, I'm going to ask if you're watching on Facebook Live, put into the comment section, if there had been a fistfight last night, who do you think would have won? Mayor Jorge Alorza, the the pride of Guatemala, the... um, the shadow of Silver Lake, the, um, anyhow, do you think it would have been Lorza or McKee? Now, McKee, listen, the governor is 70 years old, but he's still fit. He's tall. He's got the reach. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Notice the lawyers didn't have baby Omar with him then. So not exactly setting an example for his police department, but put in if you're watching on Facebook Live. And folks, if you're not, you can, you know, Freddie told me you can actually watch Facebook Live and you don't even have to have an account on Facebook. That was news to me. I need to find a way to put this also, the live feed on DePetro.com. 
uh, which will be coming. We'll do that. But anyhow, put in just in the comment, and I'll tally them up later. Who do you think would win uh, if there had been a fistfight last night? Because they were very close. All right, here's what it sounded like. And again, you can see the video on the website, uh, Dipetro.com. Well, you got to face the community. You want some of this? Huh? In the key, you want some? You listen to me. You got to face the community. Who wants some more? Hey, McKee, you want some more of this? What are you, a coward, McKee? Listen to Alorza. In Guatemala, we slap around guys like you. Wow. Oh. Now, Alorza was very hot afterwards. And um, he was, he said to some media, that he's not taking back the calling him a coward, calling the governor of Rhode Island a coward. He's not backing down on that, and he stands by it. And he is obviously very upset over the way that everything, um, you know, transpired and and went down with that. So the um, <clears throat> this whole business uh, of him, but this the, this got heated. I don't think this is going to be the last of it. I spoke with one of the activists. They liked it. They liked it. Some of the activists said, good, we'd like to see the fight in the campaign. He should start to do that more often, for crying out out loud. So, how about that? Hold on. Where is it? There we go. That's right. Mayor Elorza. Elorza. Mayor Elorza. Do we have the correct pronunciation? <laughs> I think so. I'm not sure. But he was hot. There was going to be no stopping him. He, he, their people are saying that Governor McKee is very lucky that the state police weren't there. Or Alorza, Mayor Alorza is saying he was going to, Governor McKee was going to get an old-fashioned Silver Lake beatdown was the word, the phrase that I heard. So, now folks, this this is different. And by the way, I've never seen this before at all. I've never seen this. You know, see it's, <clears throat> and again, folks, good afternoon at 1217. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Governor Raimondo did not like Alorza. I think a good question is, would Alorza have done that if that was Gina Raimondo? What would have been the reaction then if that had been Gina, uh, Governor Raimondo? But because it's a white male, it's okay. The two people that really couldn't stand each other. Well, Governor Kachiri hated Mayor David Cicilline, but that's to be understood. But Governor Rahman and Cianci, they could not stand each other. They would not, literally not stand on the same stage. So, but Alorza talked about it afterwards. Let me yeah, pick up some of this. Greetings. I went after that white hombre. He's lucky. I didn't kick. He's Cumberland right behind. Who does he think he's dealing with? I would have knocked him right back into the water. He's a coward. He hasn't heard the last of me. Hey, McKee. Who wants some more? You want a piece of me? This Guatemalan will knock you right on your iris behind. 
Don't test me, pal. I can't wait to beat you like a drum in the primary. You got that, McKee? You want some more of this? You're lucky you had your amigo troopers. Or I would have knocked you right out. You come into Silver Lake and talk to me that way, pal. Hola, this isn't finished. Folks, very fighting words from the mayor of Providence. Wow, that is a throwdown. There's no way to deny that that is not a throwdown. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show right now at uh, 20 minutes past 12 on this Thursday is brought to you by now. Remember, if you need uh, your driveway paved, a parking lot paved, call our friends at J. Perry Paving today. J. Perry Paving, residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Call them at 732-1730. 732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and the website is letter J, jperrypaving.com. J. Perry Paving. Affordable, smooth, and safe to drive on. Hey, discover the benefits of asphalt paving. You'll love the blacktop. It improves your appearance. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Licensed and insured. Contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small. They specialize in laying brand new asphalt pavement, removal, repair, resurfacing. You need a quote, they'll give it to you free of charge. Free estimate. Call today, 401-732-1730. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway, J. Perry Paving. They'll refresh it, and no one is better with veterans than J. Perry Paving. Folks, call them today, free quote. J. Perry Paving. I was out with them just last week. What a fantastic job they do. 732-1730. 401-732-1730. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's John DePietro. I will be talking <coughs> about Black Lives Matter. Now, threat. You got that, that you Irish mick? I'll knock your head right into the red. Think of the lawyers that are talking that way to the governor. And then the state police had to intercede. But then coming up, we are going to talk about Black Lives Matter saying to Sheldon Whitehouse, you have till next Friday to resign from Bailey's Beach Club or disavow, or we're going to burn the club down. We're going to protest at the club. We're going to protest. It's like 50 cent at the club. We're going to protest outside your house. We're going to protest outside your office. We're going to make your life living hell if you don't leave that racist club. So we're going to talk about that coming up. Brother Mark threw down the gauntlet. Folks, again, these stories and more you can see on the website, dipetro.com. Don't forget dipetro.com, which is brought to you by The End Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road, Cumberland. Pop in and see them. Hey, it's training camp. They have delicious food, great drinks, and it's local. Right now, northern part of the state, The End Zone, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Do you want a deal? With the activists on Mineral on um, on Atwell's Avenue, or how about you just go to your own local place, watch some football, no problems, nice crowd, delicious food, free parking. Stop it and see them. Maybe you haven't been there in a while. Pop into the end zone, nine sixty Menden Road in Cumberland. So that is a lot. <clears throat> that is a lot, and I do again have the video, part of it anyway, on the website. And Governor. Uh, Governor Lawrence.
Uh, folks, we can only hope that that does not happen. He is not backing down. So Alorza confronts McKee and stands by. He called him a coward. Now, Governor McKee is trying not to take the bait, but he went after him. You got to face this community and said to Governor McKee, this is too important. You're playing the coward role on this. I don't agree with Mayor, as much as I love, I don't agree with Mayor Lawrence's stance. We had to be restrained. My question is, though, why wasn't he arrested? Let's just say Governor McKee is at a public event. And you went up to him and started pointing your fingers. And the state troopers had to hold you back. Folks, I, I'm, he was right on the line. What should have happened was the trooper shouldn't have stopped him and let him get right up into his face. Then they could have arrested him. If he was arrested, he would have been charged. If, follow me now, no one, if he had been charged and convicted or pled guilty, then you can start a recall in the city of Providence. You have to be convicted of a crime. So the state troopers, as much as they did their job, if they had waited just a little bit more and let Mayor Jorge Elisha let him, you know, um, uh, expression hang himself, so to speak. You got to be so careful. I'm not saying he should hang himself. I'm saying it is a, you know, common phrase. Let someone, you know, it's like give them a shovel and they'll dig themselves a deeper hole. So now the governor did not like that in in any way. And now listen, these two don't like each other. But again, I will say this. Um, Alorza, as much as I don't like the tactic, and he didn't get the attention, and I'm sure he felt frustrated. He wasn't getting the press out there, and he's got nothing to lose at this point. He's laying it all out on the table. He is. Alorza, and and for him to rally to try to have the uh, teacher contract details released, you know, as much as people, he's, he's not wrong on that. And he had a rally yesterday. He really didn't get a lot of press coverage on it. And so now, in a way, what he he's basically saying is, hey, listen, I could have done this. I could have just given them more money. Like, what are we talking about? This was supposed to be a, a transformational contract. This was supposed to be, uh, you know, giving the principals more power. And you just gave them more money. I Like, we could have done that. We absolutely could have done that. So he was hot. He had a rally uh, that was not well attended by the press at the Rhode Island State House yesterday. Here's a little bit of um, uprise was uh, there yesterday. So why should the city expect now to have a say so? So remember, there are, there are two options. The first option is do what we have always done. And doing what we have always done means you're going to have the exact same contract that you're always going to have. Right. The other option is invoking the Crawley Act. And invoking the Crawley Act, you get to start anew. That's right. And we were promised by the state, then Governor then Governor Raimondo, but even current Governor, uh, current Commissioner, uh, Infante Green, we were promised that we were going to get a transformative contract. He's true. That's right. The state was not going to stop short. He's not wrong on that. that transformative He's contract. not. And so the negotiations were up to them. All we're asking for here today is let us 
feed the details of it before it's made final. How are you going to make decisions that are going to impact us and our kids for 50 and 60 years without including us in the process? It's just not right. And then once we see what's in the contract, then we can get into is it transformational or not. But all we're asking for here today is let us see the details of the contract and let us provide some input before you sign the dotted line and make it official. And just following up, there is no transformational contract. Would you say the school, the state takeover has been a failure? Well, we are not going to accept anything short of a transformational contract and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You know, he, uh, he, he, he's not wrong, folks. And I don't, I, you know, I normally don't agree with Mayor Lorza. I certainly don't agree with him on the ATVs. I don't agree with him with his statements on police. In this particular situation, you know, and there's the old expression that, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. A blind squirrel does find a chestnut once in a while. He, um, he's actually not wrong on that. That basically the contract's the same. It's still going to be failure. They're just paying the teachers more money. Want them to, all right, there's your contract. And then it won't give Governor McKee a problem in the primary next year. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's really what's going on. That's really what's going on. Um, to try to say it's something other than that is just, it's just not accurate. Hey, folks, I want to remind you before we speak with Attorney Tim Dodd that uh, remember, for any type of plumbing emergency that you have or cooling, pick up the phone and call R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562, 401-732-6562, R.E. Coogan and Heating. It's Coogie. Now, listen, if you're... Maybe you say, hey, we have central air. Well, maybe it's not working as efficiently as it could. Or maybe you've finally reached the point, folks, they're saying that August and September are going to be brutal months. And it's hot. And lugging the air conditioners into the windows. And then at night, and they don't work as efficiently as it could. How about this? Your home is always 68 degrees or 70 degrees year round. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call them today. It's Coogie. Plumbing, heating, cooling. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable, 401-732-6562, 401-732-6562-RE Coogan Heating. So I do want to play out, what if in fact um, that that had happened regarding the whole situation of the threshold? Because people are asking me, and in a way, he is lucky that he didn't get arrested. The threshold for uh, if you threaten and push a, a public elected official, you absolutely, it's a different threshold. And we're going to speak right now with attorney Tim Dodd, our legal expert. Hold on. And just not long, but just kind of break it out for us a little bit. So because I, I think and what I understand, they. They were right on the line. And the part is the fact that the state police had to uh, restrain Alorza and basically stayed behind between him and him and uh, the governor. Folks, joining us right now is our legal expert. It's the one and only Tim Dodd. Good afternoon, Tim Dodd. Hey, John. Good afternoon. Now, Tim, uh, a little bit of a hypothetical situation. But video last night, water fire press conference. 
you have the mayor of Providence, Mayor Alors. So you have Governor McKee. Mayor Alors is hot. He starts charging at Governor McKee, pointing his finger, yelling, and he is restrained by state police who have to like kind of follow him almost like a, a nightclub bouncer because he starts to like move like he's going to go around him and a lot of people are wondering you know this almost i'm not saying it did but came close to a situation where you know it's against that's a different threshold on threatening a public official mayor Lorza, if this had gone to another level he actually you know is could he have found himself under arrest Yes, he could have, but again, the state trooper who interceded probably saved uh, Mayor Lorza from getting arrested. Um, he didn't quite get to the point where he had committed a criminal act. There was no assault. Uh, he never was he disturbing the peace? No, I don't think he was disturbing the peace. Had he physically made contact with an elected official? He would have had his hands full with, you know, criminal charges. He likely would have been arrested. Um, you know, it's a publicity stunt. Um, I guess you got to hand it to the mayor to try to do something to get on the radar screen. As you pointed out, um, his attempt to um, make his um, frustrations and objections to this contract known via a press conference didn't get any traction. And, you know, as Oscar Wilde, I believe it was Oscar Wilde said, the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. So, Lorza now has injected himself into the conversation, Um, saying to the the governor, don't play the coward's role, or this is too important, or you've got an obligation to the community. Those are words that they would not be criminally actionable. Uh, again, and I think you pointed it out, if the trooper had um, forbeared on stepping in for another five or ten seconds, uh, you might have had a criminal situation on your hands. I think the governor handled it appropriately. He didn't take the bait. He didn't respond. He didn't acknowledge. He didn't react. He just kind of moved on with what he was doing and, you know, kind of treated uh, the mayor like he would treat any other heckler. Um, so from that perspective, you know, the mayor got himself on TV and he got a photo op. Uh, he ticked off the police union. He ticked off the teachers union, um, which is probably not the most prudent thing to do if you need votes in Providence, if you decide to get into a um, Democrat primary or governor. Um, but I'm sure he's got his team advising him and thinking that this was the best way to um control the optics of the situation. And again, it doesn't have anything to do with whether there was a crime or not, John, but I'm very curious and no one really presses the mayor on what he means by a transformational contract. I mean, I think I know what the words mean. You probably have a different interpretation. Um, Somebody should pin him down. What the heck is he talking about? Yeah, but Tim, let's just say, Tim, and again, folks, we have the legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim Dodd, let's just say at some event, uh, someone sees the public official, let's just say an elected official, it's a, let's say, we'll say like a mayor or Governor McKee, and they don't like the mask mandate. And I'm upset about it, and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind or her mind, and I decide I have free, I'm going to go up and read them the riot act, and I am gesturing in a violent mo- way, and I'm moving towards them. W- what's the line that 
would then cross the threshold where you could be charged. Now, you know, it was the big incident with Mayor Laffey, with the Cranston firefighters, and uh, it was Paul Valletta that leapt up and said, I will knock you out. And went to jump after and went after Laffey had to be restrained. A lot of people felt, I mean, there's a threat. I will knock you out. And then he had to be, he was not charged. Uh, you know, we obviously are watching what's going on in Washington with January 6th. And, you know, the fact that people are saying, where are you, Nancy? That's a threat. But what what would be the threshold where someone maybe, there was a guy that got up into Tucker Carlson's face the other day. He was at a fishing store in Montana and some guy went up to him and Tucker's with his daughter and he's just trying to shop and the guy's like, no, I'm not. You're the worst person ever. Bah, bah, bah. He's heckling him, harassing him. What would be the line where with a public official where then the state police, we could have actually seen him in cuffs? Would it have to be like, what if he bumped Governor McKee like that, Tim Dodd? If he bumped the, if he, if the mayor had bumped into the um the governor that would be an assault and he okay. could be charged with a misdemeanor okay. at the very at the very least. You know, if, if somebody comes raging up at a public official, fist clenched, you know, making overt threats, the real question would be in that circumstance, you know, would, would that public official uh, to a reasonable person's standard be placed in imminent fear of bodily harm? That could turn it into a criminal situation. If somebody just walks up to the governor, gets within a couple of feet and says, I think you're an idiot, your policies are awful, that wouldn't be criminal. Right. Um, then it would have to be something more in terms of, um, so when somebody said, where are you, Nancy, talking about uh, Speaker Pelosi, that wouldn't be criminal because there's no reasonable fear of imminent bodily harm that she would have been exposed to. She was tucked away somewhere safe, um, far away from the, the folks who um, stormed the Capitol. So that would not be an appropriate um, circumstance for pressing criminal charges. If the person had said, Nancy, we're going to find you today, we're going to kill you, hypothetically, right. that would probably be criminally, action- criminally actionable. And, um, and, and Tim, just to wrap this up, um you know, maybe Mayor Lorza may say that, you know, well, he was just heated or he was being ignored or Governor McKee maybe blow him off. But it, it kind of reminds me, he, he looked like when a manager in baseball comes, you know, running out of the dugout to go after the umpire. And then sometimes they're a player and sometimes they're restrained by another coach. It, it's as if the state, state police, um, they were the ones that... If they had not been there, I thought they actually handled it very well. A big question, Tim Dodd, is where was the Alorza security detail? Uh, who knows yeah. where his detail was. But, you know, when the manager comes flying out of the dugout, you know, with veins popping out of his neck, all upset about a call, that's a spontaneous thing yep. um, in the midst of, you know, a game which may have pretty high stakes, perhaps. Um the mayor, this wasn't spontaneous. I mean, this was, I think, if it had, it had, had more spontaneity to it, it would have been more credible. Yeah. But Alorza was looking for a photo op. He was yeah. looking to do this. I'm sure it was pre-planned. He didn't just show up and decide to pop off and start yelling at the governor. 
He knew exactly what he was going to do because yep. he didn't get any traction out of his press conference. Yeah, he did not. He did not. Folks, he is our uh, legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, great job. Always good to talk to you, and we'll talk to you again. You too, John. Take care. All right, folks, there it is. Uh, legal expert, Tim, Tim, attorney Tim Dodd, excuse me, right here on the John DePietro Show. Right now it's 1240. Um, I'm telling you, I mean, that really would have made it. You know what's amazing is the state police are being attacked on Twitter over this whole thing. Um, absolutely being attacked. For instance, I'm seeing, here's some comments. Uh, NPR just reported the mayor had to be restrained in his interaction with Governor McKee. They say there's no evidence that he had to be. They're saying that he was restrained. There's another, uh, they're all like going off on it. And some other people, let me just find where, how about former writer for the Providence Journal, who's now an author, Mike Stanton, who is very progressive to say the least. But um, he went a step farther. He writes, whether you agree with the laws or not, he's not a threat to McKee. So why is this goon shoving him away? Now, what he's talking about is the Rhode Island State Police detail that was with the governor. Now, if you're Governor McKee and here's the mayor and he comes out and he's hot and he's charging and pointing his finger at him. And calling him a coward and in a, in a menacing manner. Um, you know, to say what state police, what, what do you mean state police? The state police detail are a goon for shoving him away. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going up to him like that. First of all, what happened to the masks? They're not, none of them are in masks, by the way. Granted, they're outside. But the state police detail put his hand at arm length, saying to Alorza, and was stepping in front of him. I thought he absolutely controlled the situation. He also walked towards Alorza to back him up. But that's not being a goon. No, he handled the situation uh, very effectively in that way. He did put his hand on Mayor Alorza, but I don't see any police detail there. Maybe Alorza doesn't travel with a police detail. If you're the governor of Rhode Island, you're Governor McKee, right? Listen, I don't want that, let alone if you're the governor. I don't want that. If I'm out at something and some people know I have a right to. No, you don't have the right. Go away. Trying to go after him in that manner. You're a coward and all this yelling. He was upset that he did not get traction from his news conference. Now, I will again say this, that he is not wrong as far as the secrecy of the contract. He's not wrong. On the secrecy of the contract. That, um, I have no idea. That should not be accepted. It is accepted around here. So, uh, um, it, it, it should be, the media should be, and I saw Justin Katz put out, that that should be everybody. If you're a parent in, in Providence, they should be upset. Like, what is this? What do you mean we don't get to see what the contract is? That's that's lunacy. Of course they should. Of course it should be revealed. There's millions at stake here. So, all right, so Alorza confronts McKee over the Providence Teachers Union contract. But Justin Katz tweeted out his confrontation wasn't appropriate coming from the mayor to community event. But it's the reaction residents of Providence, especially parents, should have. 
And he writes, McKee's classic union ploy with the Providence teacher contract is in progress. It's an 11% plus pay goose. Let me read a little bit of this. Good for Justin. That's not going to solve anything. That's the, that's the problem that, that easily could have been done. Easily could have been done. Justin writes, or at least it's only progress from the perspective of government insiders, whom a comfy working relationship is the only real goal. Unfortunately, that's the perspective that tends to sets the tone for news coverage and public discussion. Tweeting about his first go-to-lie Boston Globe report on the deal, McGowan used the word progress. Um, he, I don't think he's siding with the union. At the end of the day, if you're a journalist, if you have something to say, insiders are setting up the, the play. The contract is a classic move in the genre with all the tells. So they have the different raises. The deal also seeks to crack the abuse of sick leave. Teachers who regularly take Mondays and Fridays off. A principal who suspects abuse can meet a teacher and suspected abuse may require medical certification to be provided human resources. You know what that means in practice? Nothing. Now, again, this is Justin Katz, AnchorRising.com. You know, that's a very good point. As for the pay, by design, teachers get automatic raises every year for a number of years. Providence, it's um, one point. I think 1.2% in the prior contract. All was 6%. That gives McGowan sites on top of the increase. So the majority of teachers end up in the top step. So they're making $80,000 plus $3,000 signing bonus, 4% raise on its own. Uh, the teacher also get a check of 1200 at the end of the contract, 0.5% raise on the day. It means they start the next contract with a boost. So And those professional development days, they're not concession. They're a way to get more money. And that next step 12 teacher will be paid an additional 1800 in the coming year for them. Do the math. Without a contract, a step 12 teacher with no advance to your additional pay boost was going to get 80000 With this contract, they get 83000 plus the 3000 plus the 1200 to 89000 That's a one-year boost of 11%. And the pressure to hire more union teachers. You know, all of that is accurate. All of it is accurate. Now, I will get into Black Lives Matter threatening. Um, let me see. Brian Crandall. Mayor Laws are holding a Zoom press conference. Provident teacher contract after loudly confronting pointing fingers at Governor McKee. He wants a pause in the contract the McKee team negotiated. The union's supposed to vote tomorrow. Let me see if I can um, pull up uh, some of that. Just because because, you know, and again, I want to be very clear. I don't think he's wrong on this thing. I don't. The fact that that no one can see what the details of the contract are, are, are wrong. It should be. And then let it come to light. And then, then people can decide whether or not this is a contract that they think makes sense. But, oh, here it is. Channel 12 has a little bit of this. Let me see this. He has had no interest in engaging the community in that conversation. And, uh, you know, what I told him then is what I'll tell him again now. You can't hide from this situation. Doing this in secret is not the way to do it, especially when so many people's lives, so many generations of kids and their education is at stake. You have to face the community. 
you have to confront this issue directly. And the community, the community is not going to stay silent. Now, folks deserve to know. And, uh, you know, we're, we're at the last hour here. You know, we're talking about, you know, a day and a half. If nothing happens, this is going to become permanent with these long-term consequences. And I'm going to use these next 30 hours to continue to do everything I can to um, not only um, demand, but also try to persuade both the commissioner and the governor to put a pause on this. Just put a pause on it until the community has an opportunity to be engaged. Please do not continue to hide and try to run these negotiations and the entire process in secret. The community deserves to know. But just smear to follow up, I'm sorry, but I mean, you're an elected official. You know how that video comes across, especially an event that is not related to education. I think you're completely fair to be questioning the governor, but do you have any regrets about how it's kind of being portrayed and how you come across? Look, we're we're at we're at the last hour here, and uh, you know, you all saw you all saw the video. His um, his security detailed intervened to shield him from having this conversation. Wow! But he can't be shielded forever. He can't hide from this conversation. He has to face the community with it. And if there were different circumstances where these conversations could be had in in private, if there was more time to engage um, in the community. Then that would be it. But he's been, but he's been hiding, and he's made clear that he wasn't going to release the details of this contract or engage the in, or engage the community until it was all said and done. That's just unacceptable. And as I mentioned, I'm going to continue to use these next 30 hours, everything that I can, to put pressure on them to do the right thing. The consequences are too steep and they're too severe for them not to engage the community before this becomes a binding contract for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years. I mean, the stakes are just too high. So to be clear, Mayor, I'm Steph Michaud, and I'm sorry to jump in, but you're okay with your behavior and uh, the way that you spoke yeah. and were last night. Steph, can I get to you in a second? Let me just, there are a number of other hands. I'll, I'll add you to the list, I promise. I understand, he, just, he didn't answer Dan's question, so if you could just answer about, about your behavior. Okay, I approached the governor to talk to him about this contract and his, uh, his security detail intervened to shield him from the conversation. To shield him from the conversation. And I continued with my comments to him, telling him that he needs to confront the community. He needs to face the community. Give people an opportunity to be heard. And that's all we're asking for. This is not too much to ask for. And he can't be shielded from this forever. He can't hide from this forever. He has to address the community. And you know, what we will continue to demand as a city and as a community is that he put a pause to this until the community has an opportunity to provide their input. Otherwise, you're talking about you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of consequences that our community will be, uh, will, be, will be facing without having a say in it. That's just not right. So we got 30 hours, and I'm going to continue to press in every way to make sure that he faces the community on this issue.
Brian Crandall, it, it's to take the political aspect out of this and your gubernatorial aspirations. And so a lot of people are looking at this. Was this a politically calculated move to confront him last night? It looks like you're saying he was hiding. It looked like the security tried to move you away after you confronted him and were pointing your finger in his face. Was this a political calculation? Did you lose your temper? Is that what you intended to happen? No, it was not a political political calculation. Good question. This is an issue. Crandall. And, you know, if I've been vocal on one issue of the years, it's on. Folks, this, this is Mayor Alarge explaining last night. This issue is just far too important. Our community relies on changes on this to such a significant, such a significant extent. This is a real difference of opinion on an important public policy issue, and the difference of opinion is not only informed by my experience on this, my experience going through the schools, overseeing the schools, and about to send my kids to these schools, but it's also informed by the fact that the entire community has been asking for a transformational contract. The entire community has been part of the process, but being shut out of the process is just something that is unacceptable. It's a slap in the face to the entire community. And not only is it that slap in the face, but now that we're being shut out, but now that we're seeing the details of this and it not going nearly far enough and it's caving once again to the teachers union, this is just unacceptable. We're going to use the next 30 hours, as he's I mentioned, right. he to is, try to continue He is to not wrong. I can't believe it, but this, he's wrong. He's right. Commissioner, put a pause on it until the community is engaged. He's right. But does it hurt your <laughs> argument the way you approached it? Because that's all that's making headlines now is the way that you approached it and does that now obscure your message and for the most part people are not agreeing with the way that you handled the situation oh, last night look, i'm here and i'm talking about the policy issue and the real policy difference that we have now we're talking about a once in a lifetime opportunity to make transformational changes to our contract and to turn around our schools i'm talking about the very language that the commissioner used herself saying that these things were basic requirements for true reform. Things that were left out of this contract. They had the opportunity that mayors have never had, cities have never had. They had the opportunity for transformational change and they, and, and they didn't take that opportunity. They let our kids down, they sold our kids short and that we are not gonna live with these consequences without calling on the governor and the commissioner to put a pause on this. This is the heart of the issue. This is really the core of the issue. Put a pause on this until the community has an opportunity to have their say. I'm gonna go to Anita and then I have Amy, Linda and John. So Anita. He's actually Thanks right, for that. Uh, Mayor, so to be clear, you didn't intentionally go there to confront All the questions Obviously, about the fight. you're gonna be likely running against him next year. So, to be clear, was this intentional? And secondly, he the just answered the man has uh, come out saying that they're embarrassed, appalled by your actions. What's your response to that? So, again, in terms of you know my my intentions, Machado just asked the question. Now Anita Buffoni asked the same question. A real difference when it comes to a real uh, real difference. An important, significant policy policy issue, um, and I will continue to reiterate that we have 30 hours or so 
to change the course 29 of now. And we'll continue to call on the governor and the commissioner. Don't go through with this. You don't have to do it this way. Please engage the community, the people that are going to be affected by this for generations and generations. Engage them before you before you finalize this contract. You can still turn this around. Please listen to and engage the community. Now, I've read the I've read the statement that the police union put out, and uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, their interpretations uh, of of the events are, are a bit of an exaggeration. And I'll just leave it at that. Who wants some more? All right, Amy. Hi, Mayor. I, I have two questions, but just to start off with a Amy simple Russo one, journal. just a, a yes or no, if you could, whether you regret any of your he actions no. last night at all. No. Again, I'm here to talk about this. The John DePietro Show weekdays. Folks, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. And all you do is if you log on at depetro.com, no eyes. And then on the left-hand side, you'll see click on Listen Live, and you do that, and then you just press the play button. And we have people that listen to that and are able to listen wherever they are. Some people go, you know, south for the wintertime, or maybe they go skiing out west or different places and wherever. People listen from all over. Maybe you just listen somewhere or you live somewhere and you're just not able to pick up either the 99.9 FM or the AM 1380. It's always an option to go to the website. Now, on the website, by the way. On the right-hand side, you'll see there is the link for my Facebook page. There is the link for the Twitter feed. Blue check mark, by the way. There is the link for Instagram. And there's also the link. AM 1380. AM 1380. 99.9 FM. I can't get it. Listen online at the blanking website, petro.com. Just click on listen live. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Another hour to go with Mayor Jorge Elosha. It's John DePietro. The power hour is next. Leave it right here. We're back on the other side, radio only. Again, it's simply based on seniority, the step method. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. 17 Republican senators voted with all 50 Democrats Wednesday to advance a bipartisan infrastructure deal as Democrats work to push their spending agenda. We have details from Bernie Bennett. The vote comes one week after all Republicans blocked a similar move, arguing that Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer was rushing the process as senators tried to finalize their agreement. But the group announced that they had reached a final agreement with the White House for a $1.2 trillion bill over eight years, with $550 billion in new spending, at least 10 Republicans were needed to advance the bill. In the end, Democrats were able to net 17 GOP votes, among them Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Roy Blunt, Mitt Romney, and Rob Portman. Bernie Bennett in Washington. Also at townhall.com, the Biden administration will allow a nationwide ban on evictions expires Saturday. The end of the moratorium comes as advocates and some lawmakers call for it to be extended in the face of rising coronavirus cases and the sluggish pace of distributing rental assistance. As of July 5th, roughly 3.6 million people in the U.S. say they face eviction in the next two months, according to the U.S. Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey. Sunisa Lee is an Olympic champion. The 18-year-old gymnast from Minnesota edged Rebecca Andrade of Brazil for gold in the women's Olympic all-around final. 
Meanwhile, Tokyo has reported record-breaking coronavirus cases for a third straight day. IOC spokesperson Mark Adams says the spike in COVID-19 cases is not linked to the Olympic Games. As far as I'm aware, there's not a single case of an infection spreading to the Tokyo population from, um, from uh, the athletes or Olympic movement. Tokyo remains on lockdown. On Wall Street, the Dow had 194 points and the Nasdaq up 48. This is townhall.com. There's a Woonsocket company that you should know about. It's called New Edge Lawns and Landscape. We are a full-service company. We offer general lawn maintenance services, including weed control, fertilization, mowing, of course, and taking care of your shrubs and hedges, dethatching, and we even do landscape lighting for you. But we do more than that. Call us for walkways, outdoor fire pits, patios, retaining walls, just to mention a few. And we do this for both residential and commercial customers. We're a local family-owned business. So call Matthew and have him come over and give you an idea of what New Edge Lawns and Landscape can do for your property. His number is 401-999-5236 and you're calling a Woonsocket-based company. We're experienced in both big and small jobs for all kinds of residential and commercial properties. Whatever your problem, your dream, or your need, we have a team ready for you. Call us today, 401-999-5236. British-Swedish drug maker AstraZeneca says it intends to seek U.S. authorization for its COVID-19 vaccine in the second half of this year. The company is offering a new timetable for the much-delayed application while releasing its second-quarter financial results. AstraZeneca reports the company and its sub-licensees delivered more than 700 million doses of the coronavirus vaccine to more than 170 countries in the first half of this year. The U.K., European Union, and World Health Organization have already authorized use of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Correspondent Jeremy House. The Philippines president is warning that Filipinos who refuse to get vaccinated against the coronavirus will not be allowed to leave their homes. Rodrigo Duterte said that there is no law mandating such a restriction, but he's ready to face lawsuits to keep those people off the streets. Only a fraction of the 70 million Filipinos have been vaccinated. Breaking news and analysis at townhall.com. 